We have an anonymous patron who wants me to tell you that Razenbrand Presents Last Heart Left is sponsored by the Drakengard speedrunning community. Last Heart Left is coming to you pre-recorded on January 25th, 2020. Getting tired of playing or speedrunning bad games such as Yik? Why not try Drakengard 1 or 3? You say, I can't play Drakengard 1 without being drunk and making poor life choices. Well, they have a category for that. Wanna watch those runs? Check out Drunk Percent on the Drakengard1speedrun.com page. The games are mostly moderated by MASH and Rod1400, who will check out run submissions as soon as they can. Drakengard 1 and 3, available to be ran on PlayStation 2 or 3 respectively, either on actual console or emulator. Disclaimer, Drakengard 3, 60fps mod, for use on PS3 emulation, still in discussion, to be accepted on the leaderboards. Do you have what it takes to beat all branches of Drakengard 3 in 6 hours, 33 minutes, and 47 seconds? If you're at all interested in supporting Last Heart Left, check out patreon.com forward slash rosinbran and look at the details there. Thank you very much to the anonymous patron who is supporting us this month. Welcome to the latest episode of Last Heart Left. My name is Rosin, and I'm here today with Fang. Hi. Yeah, that's me. Um, third time? Third time? I, I don't keep track. This is your okay. podcast, not mine. I'm just <laughs> I was, here. I was about to say, I think you've been on the most... I'm pretty sure you've been on the most so far. Hell yeah. Let's keep that record going. Damn, okay. I guess we'll be talking about... Fuck it, I don't know. What are you playing these days? Uh, shit, why am I playing these days? Yakuza 5. Get into Yakuza. Oh, okay. Okay, <laughs> no, I got, I got, um, I was gonna... <laughs> That'll take a while. That will take it's a like while. It's like that drill tweet where they're like, this is where they try to trick you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, oh, God. You could also play Dragon's Dogma on the Switch. That's also fine. Oh, you know, I've... Do you know my history with Dragon's Dogma, Fang? Not at all. Okay, so, back in the day, I bought Dragon's Dogma when it came out on PlayStation 3, day one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That copy did not leave a shrink wrap for, like, three years. <laughs> okay. <laughs> By the time I plugged it in and started, like, actually playing, uh-huh. the Steam version came out, <laughs> and I was like, yo, why the fuck would I, like, I have a decent laptop, I'm yeah, probably yeah. gonna be better playing that than on PS3, so uh-huh. I was like, I'm gonna get the Steam version. I think I launched it once. PlayStation 4 version comes out, and I'm like, yo! <laughs> this is better than my uh, laptop. Switch version comes out, same thing. I have bought this game, like, four times, and I have never played it. I'm pretty sure I bought every port of this game on day one, with the, like, idea, like, yo, I'm gonna play this. It's, like, the one biggest regret of my life, honestly. Like, every single time, I'm like, because I know I'll love that game. Like, without a doubt. And I've never gotten further in than an hour. Ever. (laughs) Well, what, that's like four times you gave Itsuna, like, $60? (laughs) Yeah, I know. So. (laughs) That's where your money's going towards Devil May Cry 5 and 6. Yeah. Yeah. See, I like to think I single-handedly funded Devil May Cry 5, honestly. Um. Mm. See, I should really (laughs) 
That's a fun I'll time. Wait to, I'll wait for the PS5 port, but... Um, <laughs> so, we're here to talk about another RPG. Yeah. Which... That is so far only on Steam? Uh, but yeah. It's gonna I come believe it's to... coming... Yeah. It's gonna come it's, to... It's... I think it's PS4 and Xbox One, i say. Yeah, I don't think there's a Switch version, but... No. Um, which is kind of a shame, because I think this would be pretty cool on Switch, but... Yeah, at the same time, like, I feel like the Switch screen might pose... Oh yeah, the text size would be an issue, for sure. Yeah, so that would probably That's true. need more work. Uh, and also, I feel like these CRPGs, it always seems like it's a lot more hassle than people think, getting them to actually run on the Switch and... Yeah. ...act nice with everything, so... Yeah, um, but... Yeah, no, we're talking about Disco Elysium today, um, for the uninitiated. Uh, yeah, kind of came out of... This was being made for five years, kind of came out of nowhere, I guess. Mm-hmm. And is actually... Hold on, I'm going to look this up, because I learned this today, and I was like, this makes sense. But, mm-hmm. um, I never heard anyone talk about this beforehand. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think... This... Uh, I think the first time I heard about it was, like, Waypoint posted, like, articles about it. Yeah, same. Yeah. And I never knew this, but apparently this was... The main writer of this game was a no, is an Estonian novelist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he actually created the setting first as a tabletop RPG setting, mm-hmm. just for, like, him and his friends to, like, do stuff in or whatever. And then eventually he wrote a novel in 2013 that is so far only, like, available in Estonia called fucking, um, Sacred and Terrible Air, I guess. Mm-hmm. And apparently that's going to be translated and released later in the year in English. And it takes place, like, 21 years after the time period Disco Elysium is set in? Mm-hmm. So, there's been some thought put into this world yeah. for a long while. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You can feel it. You it's, can um, definitely feel it, yeah. There's quite a bit of world building that's, frankly, like, I, I have a pretty poor memory when it comes to these sorts of things, so, like, I, I have the game open right now, just for reference, in case I need yeah. to go today. Okay, <laughs> this actually makes me die a little on the inside, too, so... Uh, I'm the same article I used to find that info. Uh, I'm. It also says other inspirations included the game Planescape Torment, which I'm like, yeah, okay. I've played a fair bit of Planescape, yeah, and I like yeah. that game, and I see the influence there. And Kentucky Route Zero, which finished, technically ended after. Yeah. <laughs> this game came out. Yeah, like the scale of time is just really weird <laughs> when you think about that. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, well, I think we're seeing more and more with indie games like this and Kentucky Route Zero. It's like, these take some time to be made, and more and more, I think, especially in, like, computer role-playing game spheres and stuff like that, we're seeing more and more games that are based off of settings of really, like, weird niche stuff, like that Tides of Numenara game or whatever that came out a few years back was based off of some Mm -hmm. tabletop game that few people have played, and yeah, it's, um, it's interesting. Yeah, no, at least for me, like, I've honestly not played a lot of CRPGs at all, so, like, I think Disco Elysium is honestly, like, my first real one that I've actually played a decent amount. Uh, granted, I'm not very far into the game, but, 
um yeah no like um it's it's definitely interesting as like a first timer experience to these sorts of games because usually usually with like most other crpgs like i feel almost a little intimidated by the amount of text like don't get me wrong i like reading um which actually like the designer of the game like there's a really great video about like the ux design about of this game that's like really interesting comparing it to like twitter but like yeah no like there's whenever i see paragraphs of text i'm always a little hesitant because i know like okay i'm gonna have to like sit down for this for like a good solid couple of hours and i just don't yeah. have the time so yeah it, it's um like this is i think this is going to be the second one i actually like well actually no that's not true because i always forget fallout 1 and 2 exist and i got like pretty into those when mm -hmm. i was younger and yeah. it's just like oh these are going around the internet as like shareware or whatever mm -hmm. um or abandonware more appropriately and I downloaded and beat both of those when I was younger. I don't know how the fuck I had the patience for that, um, but I did it. And then Baldur's Gate, I've always kind of I dived into. I've been meaning to give that more of a proper go. But when Pillars of Eternity 1 came out, I really fell in love with that, and that was yeah. kind of like the first like yeah, proper yeah, yeah. game in the genre I beat as an adult. Yeah. Um, and I can really feel the... There's, there's a lot of parallels I can draw with my experience with that and this game. Specifically, um... Both of them start you out as a character who's kind of a stranger in a strange land and you need to figure out the world around you and the game just dumps massive loads upon loads of world building and proper nouns and all sorts of fun stuff on yeah, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So to set up the game, I guess, you basically start out as this guy who you don't even know your name or even what you look like. Um, these are both things you need to find out as you play. Yeah, um, yeah. And you're a cop who went on a massive alcohol and drug, like, alcohol and drug-induced, like, fervor for a few days in an, a hotel room. Uh, and you don't remember who you are or really what you're doing. And you slowly start to piece together what's going on uh, through talking with someone who's been assigned to be your partner and the people living in the place you need to investigate and calling back into the station and... Basically, you're trying to solve this mystery of what, who killed this guy whose body is now hanging behind some, like, hostel that you're staying at, uh, and also who you are along the way, uh, while also getting involved with the various political and economics goings-on of the city you're in. It's, um, an interesting hook for a game that I don't think I've seen anything else even remotely similar to, honestly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like... There's, uh, what's it? <clears throat> People have frequently mentioned that this game is really seeped in politics, and, like, you can very much tell, like, from the very beginning that, yeah, like, from, um, the murder case being involved in, like, unionizing stuff, and, like, just the entire state of, like, uh, Revachol, which is the, uh, setting which the game takes place in i may be pronouncing that name wrong i know the loading screen says it's pronunciation yeah. um it's it's revishal i think revishal yeah um yeah yeah no like there's like it's 
it's inescapable to play this game without encountering like some sort of like how do I put it? Like the game has a freaking was it? <laughs> uh, it has on uh, on your officer profile. There's literally points for communism, fascism, ultra liberalism, and moralism. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, it's um... it's very very explicit, which is honestly kind of surprising considering how it won like the game awards. <laughs> like, like yeah, and I I feel like it's I feel like we we've spent so many years of games, especially with like choice based narratives like this, just like shying away from like really tackling and wrestling with like closer to reality, like ideologies and stuff like this and yeah. finally there's just one that kind of comes out swinging like no like we're gonna actually like explore like okay like when you have to deal with like racists and fascists and like labor disputes and like all this stuff or whatever in a setting that has many similarities too but is not exactly one-to-one with earth like yeah what is that like and like let's actually talk about some stuff here in a way that i think it actually does pretty well with from what i've seen so far yeah um uh-huh it's like it's fascinating to me because also too, uh, this game really rejects the notion in a lot of ways of giving you a blank slate character, which um I feel like is also really starting to fall by the wayside in terms of what is. I, I think a lot of people who like think hard and like do a lot of like more. I, I don't. I got. I sound like an asshole if I say more proper game criticism or game critique, but uh-huh. I I think I think we're starting to really move away from people caring about, like, oh, I'm a blank slate, and then there's all these different factions in the world. Yeah. Let me choose an idea to follow, and yeah. they're all going to be treated in terms of content and reaction the same way, and it's like, yeah, oh, yeah, this is my yeah. evil character playthrough, and it's like, no, like, we've yeah. done that for decades now. Give us something more interesting to, like, actually see how we can form a person or give us a person and see how we can change them and then see the reaction to the world around them from it, because, like, yeah. realistically, when you're a person in a point in time, and then you have different ideas, and your actions are, you know, based in ideology or whatever, the world isn't gonna treat all of those equally. It's not like this weird, like, empty sandbox of game mechanics or whatever. So to have a narrative that actually takes that into account, and basically makes you play as this fuck-up cop, which the more you learn about his past seems honestly very terrible and just yeah. he's an asshole is very interesting to me and I like it a lot. Yeah, like, there's... What is it? <clears throat> I do like how, like, this game does have a lot of character and just having, like, again, yeah, this very set and defined player character that you take the perspective of. Um... Because a lot of, like, the choices and, like, interesting stat stuff that comes into play, which we can talk about in a moment, um, like, a lot of that is contextualized around how um, the player character's personality manifests. Like, uh, for the example I go to is, like, again, <clears throat> with the communism, fascism, ultra-liberalism, and moralism points. Um, at some points, like, depending on your choices, you accumulate these points, and um, you'll eventually get, like, this prompt that's like, 
hey, so I hear you're leaning towards communism, eh? And the way that it's worded makes communism sound, like, really asshole-ish. Like, yeah, I'm the last communist on, on Earth. I'm going to spread the word and be really loud and annoying about this. And it's like... Yeah. And it's like, at first I was like, hmm... Let me think about this. Maybe maybe I'll hold off on this and see what else is there. But then I realized, like, no, like, no matter what, like, actual, like, um, choice you make in terms of who you side with, like, um, the main character is still, at the end of the day, kind of an asshole. So, it's not, like, you can't really be, like the perfect communist or something that's, like, objectively, like, good. Like, he's still gonna be kind of kind of a shit, so. Yeah, it's... Your character is constantly fighting with himself. Yeah. And it's... So, the, yeah, we can talk about the skill system in a bit, but, like, I think the moment that's, like, the most defining moment I've had for this guy is I don't even how okay actually we should say this game runs on like a day system. Yeah. What day are you on? I'm on the second day. <laughs> like I'm not okay out far. Yeah. I finished the third day. Okay. Uh, that's so, it's fine if you want to talk further on like I don't care about spoilers. So. Okay, so on the third day, you so you know that like have you gone to the south of like the district you're in yet and you like there's that bridge that's raised and they're like oh it's not repaired yet or whatever uh i have not gone over the bridge i know the bridge is there so you on the third day it's locked until wednesday yeah, yeah. and then wednesday morning you can go you can finally cross it and then go to this very like poor part of town that's all like shanties and like yeah. people living off of like what they can fish up from the bay and stuff like that and scavenging for what gets washed up yeah it's really sad and there's just this little girl hanging out outside of this tent full of like these people who are just like these nightclub rave people who i'll talk about a lot later there's a very in-depth side plot that mm. ended up spending most of my third day on yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just like i mean it's it's cold it's like winter it's march which actually hey like we're literally recording this march first the game starts on march first that's funny um, <laughs> just like the saga podcast very timeful oh shit you're right yeah this is honestly the most timely podcast in every month um <laughs> Sorry, this month is late, by the way, folks. This is technically February's podcast. I'm a busy person. I can't help myself. Um, no, so you talk to this little girl, and one of the options is like, hey, it's cold out. You don't have a hat. It's snowing. What's the deal? And she was like, I don't need a hat. And then my character, I, I decided to like, you always get like a bunch of different options, and I think I was like, keep, like, keep pressing about the hat or whatever. And... The next thing I know, my character is starting to, like, cry and scream at this little girl and call her an asshole for not wearing a hat. Mm -hmm. And then my partner is over to the side and he's just like, oh god, this is bad. And the little girl's just staring at you like, this is more than just the hat. There's something really bothering you, huh? And I was like, no! (laughs) (laughs) And then later, as soon as you finish that conversation, your partner... Your partner pulls you aside and is like, you cannot act like this. You especially cannot act like this as a figure of authority in front of a child. This is embarrassing. Yeah. It's very funny. And then later on in the day, I managed to give that little girl my hat. And she didn't care, but it made my character feel better. And that's what's important. And gave me the experience point. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so, 
let's talk about the skill system a bit. As a quick overview, you start your you start the game and you have to make a character build. Yeah. There's four different um There's three I presets guess there's... and one choice that's like, oh make your own. Uh yeah. Did you go for a preset or did you make your own? Uh I've just been using presets for now since um that's how I roll, but I chose the Inselect preset for, um, that's like, uh, so there's four stats in the game. There's Intellect, Psych, Physique, and Motorics, um, so obviously the Intellect one has the most points in Intellect, which is, uh, basically for skills that involve, um, lore i guess it's the lore stats i call it yeah it's um i i went for a i went for a custom build which was heavy in intelligence um it was basically like intelligence first psyche second motorix third and physique was pretty like i i only have like two points in physique yeah yeah um and especially we should say too this game does not have a traditional combat system it is almost all like dialogue trees and skill checks yeah this game is like i i will say that the thing that makes this game very unique is the fact that it's solely like dialogue driven this is like a truly narrative rpg like in a way that like a lot of games don't really get into as often like, yeah, and there there is f- fighting can occur. It's just that it's always in the form of like a choose your own adventure dialogue prompt. Yeah, option. <laughs> yeah, like it's very tabletop in that regard. Um, yeah. What did you choose as your signature skill? Signature skill. Um, I didn't even know that could be a thing. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, maybe that's only for the custom build then. Yeah, yeah. But, um, so, for context, um, for every single stat, there is a, um, pool of six different, uh, skills that uh, pertain to that stat. So, for example, intellect has logic, encyclopedia, rhetoric, drama, conceptualization, and visual calculus. Um, and so... The one thing that this game does very interesting is that it characterizes each of these different skills. So when you pass or fail skill checks in dialogue, uh, rather than a straight like um, system message saying like, oh, you passed or failed, like the skills are actually characterized as like voices in the main character's head telling you like hey it would be a good idea to do this or that based on like the check or something like that um so yeah i don't know what the default signature skill is for the intellect build um i put mine into conceptualization <laughs> so ah uh uh-huh, yeah which has helped me with some weird shit because this game gets surreal at some points but yeah 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 um um I I'm happy with my build so far and also too like it's funny because my initial level ups were a lot were were a lot of uh leveling up um like physical endurance like there's endurance and then there's like pain resistance or something like that yeah uh and I leveled those up a lot so my character wasn't the most fragile cuz okay I should say actually cuz the very first time I played this game mm-hmm. um 
I had the exact same build that I'm rolling with now. Uh, I didn't save, and also this game is very stingy with the auto-saving, which I'll probably talk about a little bit later. I always say that in these podcasts and then forget to bring up my points. <laughs> I should start taking notes, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, basically, I started the game... Uh, your character needs to get all of his clothes, because he wakes up pretty much naked, off of, like, random shit from a hotel. Um, I took a point of damage trying to get my tie yes, off of- Yes, yes, same, same. <laughs> I turned on the lights, he took damage. I was like, ow, that hurt. Yes, yeah, so you- you basically lose, you have two different health bars. You have, like, physical endurance health and, like, morale health. And so my character took damage from, like, failing hard to, like, get the, like, t- his necktie down from a ceiling fan and also from turning the light on and it's too bright and it hurt his eyes. Yeah. Like, okay. So then... Oh, God. Yeah. So then I didn't have, obviously I didn't have any items to heal. I'm in the starting area of the game. And then... I went downstairs to talk with the guy who owns the hostel, who's, like, the cafeteria manager, and he's like, hey, you need to pay up, like, you you owe me, like, a hundred dollars for, like, the damage you caused here. And one of the options is sneak, uh, like, sneak away calmly before he notices or something like that. Yeah. And I had a very low percent chance of doing that, but I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna do it anyways. Yeah. And if you fail that check, your character can't help himself and decides to do a running backwards jump and then flip, use both hands to flip the bird, and then you crash into the lady in the wheelchair in the corner. <laughs> And I took another point of damage from that, and then as my character crashed into the lady in the corner in the wheelchair, he had a heart attack and died. (laughs) And I had to restart the game, because I didn't have a save yet. Damn. (laughs) I didn't see that one. (laughs) So I was like, this is a very interesting first 30 minutes I've had with the game in a while. Yeah, Um, this game is very funny. Like, I... I will it, say it is. It's, it's, God. <laughs> it's um, uh, um, yeah, no, like the intellect build definitely has like, like, like. Okay, so yeah, like two health pools. There's the physical health and the mental health, and the intellect build just has one point in each. So like, you die to like anything. <laughs> so oh, like, oh, like. Yes, there is like the light thing that I also experienced that like, oh, I'm I'm on the brink of death. Let me just use my heal real quick and um actually um does it <laughs> So basically this has been like an entire trouble for like the first day of investigation cuz like you just can't do anything really too risky or else you just (laughs) like and it's so it's so funny because like you don't know when or where you're gonna get hurt both physically and mentally so for example uh was it um at some point i picked up the was it the ledger or the yeah yeah um and you get that from the trash and there's a bit where if you investigate it there's like a little latch inside of it that has like something that pertains to the main character's identity um and i basically rolled to check for 
like opening it up and having the courage to see what's inside. Um, and so that happened, and then a long sequence of the main character passing out due to uh, the harrowing memories that brought upon um, <laughs> happened, and so he passed out. Uh, your partner, good old Kim Kitsuragi, wakes you up and stuff like that. And then I was like, okay, that was that was a cool sequence. Let me go check the radio. And so I don't remember what option I ch- I chose when checking like the car outs, but I think I think it was just like turning on like the lights or like just checking out like the car and <laughs> and just randomly. The game's like, man, you really shouldn't be doing this right now. You're a busy guy. What? Like, what? Stop fooling around. And I took morale damage and died. <laughs> well, not died <laughs> technically, but it was. But basically, if your morale goes to zero, like you quit being a cop. So basically, <laughs> yeah. So I had to start over from before I got the ledger. So I was like, "All right, maybe I shouldn't look at that again." Did you? So did you go through the trash and get the ledger in the first day? Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. I I completely missed that until the second day. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. My entire second day. Did you get the body down yet? Uh, I did. I did. I I actually uh shot it down. Um. Oh, I okay. So. I failed to... This is very funny. So, basically, there's... The body is hanging behind the hostel, and, like, the main... Obviously, the main quest of the game is, like, okay, we need to figure out what's happening here. So, you go behind the place, and there's just this little shithead gremlin child. Yes, good fucking Kuno and Kunoese. Um... And he's just throwing rocks at the body. Yeah. For fun. And then you talk to him, and he calls you homophobic slurs, and he's just the worst child. He constantly makes fun of you because you're a cop. Yeah, your um, partner clearly doesn't like this kid. <laughs> and is very uncomfortable. Mm-mm. No. Um, and he's constantly being egged on by this girl named Kunoese, which is just his name with E's at the end. Um, from behind this fence. I bet, see, I bet these kids go around saying, like, Kunoese, these nuts, you know? Like... That would not surprise me. I I finished what I'm pretty sure is their side quest. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. I, like, right before I quit playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it goes places. Um, uh, yeah, I, I can so, tell. Uh. So you need to get this body down, but as soon... Before you even get the body down, you just need to look at the body. But before you can do that, you need to pass this check to make sure you can get by the body without vomiting? Yeah. Yeah, and it's so, it's really hard, especially with like it's an very hard. especially with like an intellect build. Like you have like zero physique, so like I've I don't know how many times I did the check, but like it was at least three times. Like at some point, um, doing that check gives you the first uh item in the thought cabinet, which is another system for, where basically. Um, you have a bunch of quote-unquote ideas that get stored into a list that you have, and you can uh, choose which ideas you want to put inside your head and let that just sink in for, like, a set amount of time. And then after that, like, time period has gone up, then 
you get some sort of either stat bonus or penalty. Sometimes there's penalties, yeah. Um, but basically, well, it's it's interesting yeah. because you get a there's a set of penalties and bonuses you get while you're learning it, while you're in the process of internalizing the thought, and then after you have mastered the thought, there's a separate, there's yeah. a different set of penalties and bonuses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is it's an interesting system, but yeah, like so after you fail, like. The throwing up check a couple times. Uh, Kim is just like, okay, dude, you need to like get your shit together. And you get, uh, lo and behold, the volumetric shit compressor <laughs> thought, um, which gives you a little bit more endurance um, to that specific check. And even then, I still had to roll like two more times with the shit compressor. Oh <laughs> like, it was really bad. Like, I think at some point, like, I just saved and, like, reload until I got it. I was like, okay, come on. Like, really? I only did that once. Um, but <laughs> we had such completely different experiences with the thought cabinet system because I threw up once and I was like, okay, I clearly cannot do that yet. I built a wimpy character, whatever. Um, so I was like, I'm not going to do that for now. Yeah. My introduction to the thought cabinet was hilarious. Have you met Measurehead yet? Uh, uh the racist one, right? <laughs> well, okay, wait, there's a lot of racist ones. The supremacist one. So, I talked to this, so I'm like, there's this massive strike going on. I need to go and talk to the union leader, but I need to get through, like, the strike wall first. So you talk to this guy who's basically keeping watch on the door, and his name is Measurehead, and he's he's this giant black man. And his entire thing is that he believes in all of, like, the racist, like, like, basically, like, early, like, 1900s, like, it, it's basically a, a pastiche of, like, the early 1900s, like, you know, like, examining, like, skulls of different races to see how their yeah. brains work and, like, all that racist bullshit to, like, justify white supremacy and all that stuff from, yeah. you know crappy science and all that but basically that exists in this world too and this guy believes it but his takeaway was that actually the science is right but it proves that black people are the dominant race so he has he has his own advanced race theory and eventually so i was talking to this guy to let me through because i was like i'm not getting anywhere with the body for now i need to investigate other leads and he was like okay you need to alert you need to internalize my advanced race theory and i'll let you through and then the tutorial opens up for the idea system yeah yeah let me internalize racism so so i went through and i (laughs) i i internalized it and i came back or whatever and and he called me a basic racist and he was like okay i will let you through one time but you can just constantly go back and forth through it doesn't matter um and it's weird because when you internalize at least that one and i'm not sure if it's all these ideas Uh but I don't know if you, when you internalize that one, I don't even know if it's that you agree with it. I think it's just that you understand the weird fucked up worldview that he has, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can go back to him after you've internalized it and be like, this is fuck, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) And I didn't choose that option because I wanted to get past, but like, I think my option was like, man, you're using, like, you're using the fake science of the people you don't like to try to like, 
prove a point. Don't you see how, like, weird that is? And he was like, ah, you're a basic racist. I'll let you through or something like that. Yeah. Uh, also, he calls white people hand sa- ham sandwiches, which is extremely funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. That is, that is very good, I will say. <laughs> um, also, so... Basically, I just went through the first day, and I, I, like I said, I was like, oh god, my character's a wimp, I need to beef him up. So by the time I got to the second day and I needed to do the vomit check again, I had like a 52% chance of doing it, and I got it, luckily. Yeah. Um, yeah. I missed... I missed the gun check, though. Do you want to know what happens when you miss the gun check? You shoot the body. <laughs> so you do, but that doesn't end up mattering? Really, huh? What does end up... What ends up happening is you're like, well, who's good at moving stuff around? The dock workers union. So you go back to Everett, or I, th- I think that's his name, right? Yeah. Everett? So you go yeah. back to him, and he's like, alright, I'll, I'll have Measurehead go help you out, and then Measurehead gets the body down for you? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. But then, to do that, he's like, no, but someone needs to watch the door, so you and Kim agree to watch the door while he gets the body down, and there's so many problems with this, because it's like, he probably, like, I mean, the Dock Workers Guild is obviously who killed the dude yeah so it's like we don't know if he's tampering with the body what he's doing over there like what the hell's going on and then also because you're keeping watch at the like wall all of the strike people are like oh look the cops are taking sides and it's like oh fuck yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so like that starts to piss off certain people and all that and it's interesting um yeah tangential to this did you explore behind the curtain of the bookstore at all there's a current behind the bookstore Um, Uh, the curtain the the curtain rather no i've not so when you're but you've been in the bookstore i've been at the bookstore yeah i'm talking to the mom that's probably not treating her kid right Uh, does she tell you about the curse no she did not did the daughter tell you about the curse? I didn't even know there was a curse in this game. <laughs> I didn't either, but the daughter's like, hey, this building's cursed. And then you talk to the mom, and she's like, definitely cursed. And there's a shutter in... Okay, well, I, there's a lot we, before we talk about the shutter. <laughs> there's a curtain to the, to the like, right... Like, if you keep going right in that map, there's a curtain. And your mom's like, don't touch that. And you're like, I'm a cop, I can do what I want. She's like, don't fucking touch that curtain. You're like, I'm gonna pull up this curtain. Kim's like, don't do it, bro. And you pull up the curtain, and there's a door there, and the mom starts getting, like, upset with you. Like, don't, no, no, it's sealed. You can't do this. And you can break down this door, which I somehow managed to do despite having a very low chance of doing it, because my character was still a wimp at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's just this old, like, run-down, like, abandoned part of the building, and basically the whole thing is that both, like, the whole family that's moved in there is like, this building's cursed. Every building that's ever tried, or every business that's ever tried being run through this building always fails. So, there's remnants of, like, a gym in there, including, like, there's just, like, a giant, like, set of weights and, like, a fucking, like, exercise balls and, like, all this other shit and all that. And then behind that is a game development studio that shuttered. 
and then also there's like a shuttered chimney, which the mom is pretty sure there's a witch living in there, and I still can't open the shutter yet, so I need to investigate that further at some point. Um, uh-huh. But there's this whole thing where there's... So instead of like regular computers in this world, all of the computers, instead of like being run through like like electrical currents and like typical shit and all that, it's like all like radio wave based. Mm-hmm. So these people were making this massive radio wave based like video game thing that was supposed to be broadcast out through a bunch of different radio signals and the whole thing failed terribly. And you can investigate the boards and like Kim's like, ha, very funny. It seems like the less money they got, the more features they added. Very interesting approach and stuff like that. <laughs> Damn. And there's, like, concept art and stuff on the wall of, like, goblins and shit. Like, it looks like a gi- Like, they tried making this world's equivalent of World of Warcraft, and they just completely, like... Yeah, yeah. like and, like, they're, they're talking... There's a whole side quest and, like, a character involved with this that, like... There's a massive, like, data loss type thing, and... So then you keep going further down... And there's, like, the remnants of, like, an ice cream shop, and there's a giant bear refrigerator. Like, it's it's a giant bear statue, but the tummy is a fridge. And you just kind of look at it, and you're like, huh, it's a giant, it's a giant, like, fridge, and, like, you know, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. the shape of a bear or whatever. So, I have a question. When you, when you went to the body or whatever, mm-hmm. was Kim just like, oh, I'll bag this and take it away? Uh, <clears throat> I... So there was there's a procedure to it of like okay like we need to call someone so to like pick up the body and stuff like that and actually was the the re the reason why I wanted the body was because it, when you're examining it like um you can see your character notices like ooh th- those boots that the corpse is wearing yeah. sells for quite a bit so like so i like i was determined to like get those boots so like uh, like just just for full disclosure i am completely a, sca- a safe scummer like if there's something that i want to achieve in the game i, I will roll for it even if it's like like this game this game is fun with failures otherwise like don't get me wrong but like when there's something on my mind i'm like i need that i, I want that yeah i've I got to that point. I did not get the boots. I felt bad about it. Yeah, no, like, so basically, was it? You can tell Kim, like, hey, like, can, can we just leave the body out for a bit? Like, I still have things to investigate about it. And he's like, all right, so if you say so. And basically, you can get the boots while he's in his room after y'all turn in for the night. So... <laughs> My conversation when Kim was like, hey, we need to, like, go bag this body, but in the meantime, we need to, like, preserve it. And then your main character's like, bear fridge. And Kim's like, uh, yeah, that'll work. Uh-huh. So you put the body in the bear fridge. Uh-huh. And you preserve it, and then they pick it up later. But because of that, I could not go back later and get the boots. I was very upset by that. Ah, uh, that's interesting, actually. Yeah, because because uh, um, there was—I don't think there was any talk about preservation, like when I was doing it. So it was just, hey, so... let's pick it up the next day. So then later, you can come across one of the people who was part of the failed game dev studio thing. Ah, uh, ah, uh-huh. and. 
just out of nowhere with no prompt whatsoever, one of the dialogue options is, hey, you know that bear fridge? I put a body in there, and she gets very mad at you. <laughs> but then I was like, don't worry, I, the investigation called for it, and she was like, okay. <laughs> it's... Oh, God. This game is so wacky, and... It, it's great too because Kim is kind of like Kim is like the straight man character. Oh he yeah, is... Kim is a fantastic character. Like, just for like the how, like how well he foils with like the main character's bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Like he takes a like a champ. Like, oh my god. Like, <laughs> like I know people have already said sung a lot of praises about. Kim Kitsuragi, but it really has to be emphasized that he is great. Like, yeah, he's he's a no nonsense guy. Just wants to do the best police work he can, and like you start to see little glimpses of his hobbies and personality. Like, I don't, yeah, I can't remember what exactly happened, but like you can have a conversation and like you learn like, oh, he's really into cars and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, like he he loves his cars. Like, fucking, was it? Like, like after you shoot down the body, like Kim gets impressed, and like y'all do like the aces low sort of handshake, and like it's a great moment. <laughs> like, like what I like about him is like he's yes he's very calm, serious, and professional like when needed, but he's also like like again kind of quirky when. You get down to it sometimes, like, like he'll chuckle sometimes when you do like some dumb bullshit, you know, like, uh, like I don't know, like it's just like, like I feel like in like the hands of like a less talented writing, like, uh, Kim would just be a straight man but there's little glimpses of like yeah as you say like his hobbies and stuff that really make him stand out and like he's just very patient like he yeah he puts up with a lot and the game has this dynamic that's built in and the loading screen even tells you about this where at night if if you want to do something ridiculous that kim would be like no let's not do this uh you can wait for kim to go to bed and then go out and do it anyways yeah uh, like stealing the boots like from the body the that you're investigating yeah. um but there's other things that like feel like maybe he should say something but he's just like really man come on like yeah. uh there's a wall that you can there's a wall that you can like get a paintbrush and fuel and just write some dumb graffiti on the wall yeah, yeah, yeah. and i thought he would stop me and it was something i'd have to do at night and he's just like you done with your little art project yet we got a murder to investigate yeah <laughs> and I'm like i'm so happy he doesn't stop you from doing this. yeah like like yeah like oh was it like as long as it doesn't interfere too much of like directly to the investigation he he's like okay fine whatever just have your fun, you know? <laughs> like, just just get back on track when you're done. Like, it's great. Yeah, it's, um... There's... This game just does so much well with the characters and the mechanics and stuff like that. I really love how this game handles the economy, where you're basically... 
scavenging as best you can to buy stuff and yeah. most of the stuff you buy is like dumb paperback like schlock novels or like yeah. weird novels about the paranormal <laughs> yeah yo like one thing i really want is to buy uh at the bookshop there's like a tabletop rpg that you can buy i really want to buy that and play that with kim <laughs> if possible that sounds like a really good time <laughs> yeah i was wondering about that but because like i only really checked out all that stuff on like I think it was towards the end of the first day where I had some cash to spare or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I didn't have enough for the board game, and I just haven't gone back yet, but I could afford it now. I found a place to stay that doesn't cost money, finally, in the game. Ah, uh, it, it's over the bridge, right? Yeah. yeah. There's basically a lady who's like, I'll let you sleep in my nasty shack cabin with the mattress in it for free. Yeah. And Kim's like, I'm I'm gonna keep staying at the hostel if it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, to be fair, though, like, the main character's room is pretty trashed up, so probably no difference. Yeah. <laughs> did, did, were you able to pay for the damages? Uh, yes, I did it by talking with the rich lady. Oh. Yeah, same. That's what I did, too. Yeah. And she's just like, yeah, here's some money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate it. Oh, did you talk to um did you talk to the woman in the wheelchair in the hostel at all? Uh yeah. Yeah, good old Lena. Did she give you the reality side quest? Uh I don't remember. Do do I have the reality side quest? Um there's well there's find morale the cryptozoologist. I don't think that's what you're talking about though, is it? No, no. I also need to find the cryptozoologist and I'm curious where that one goes. Yeah. Um there's a point you can have a uh, there's a place where you can look and find a I can't remember what exactly the dialogue option is, but basically she's like, you need to get a grip on reality, man. And it's like, go ask someone smart, like, what oh, about yeah! reality? Oh, yeah! No, no, I got that. I, no, I totally got that, yeah. No. Uh, okay, did you talk to Joyce about that? Uh, or someone else? Yeah, yeah, I talked to Joyce. Um, okay, I don't know if there's any other options, honestly, but I thought that was very interesting, but because you get it through... You, you get... A more clear picture of the setting than what you've been getting so far, and, like, you can really get early game just through crumbs and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But it's through this, like, neoliberal, like, high-up business person lens that, like, you don't know how much of it you can trust, and, like, yeah. it is very, it's very clear that in many ways her heart is in, like, a pretty good place, and, like, she's, like, helping you out because she doesn't want violence to spread, but also, like... yeah. <clears throat> It's, like, a very faux-progressive, like, listen, like, you know, I'm getting money and, like, all this other stuff is just very, like, oh, you're so close to getting it, but you're not radical enough, and it's, yeah. you, you're causing a lot of hurt by going about things the way you are, and, like, it's clear her hands are dirty with some shit. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, no, for sure. Like, <clears throat> this game in general, like, the in terms of, like, where the game stands on things one thing that's very clear is like this game is not for like uh centrism or like not taking any sides like it's very clear like if you do take some sort of stance like that uh i is it the moralist stance i don't know 
I think the moralist stance is supposed to be, like, the centrist stand-in. Yeah, like, it's very clear, like, those sorts of, like, oh, I, I don't feel any clear way about this, which, in, in this game, there's a lot of, like, dialogue prompts where it's very obvious that, like, this is, this is the dialogue choice where you make a stance on this issue towards whichever, um, alignment you face. Um, and if you, like, <laughs> every time you pick the option that's like, I don't know how I feel about this, I got no opinions. Like, the game really calls you on it. <laughs> yeah, it's very funny. Um, the, um, it's interesting to so like the idea part of the idea behind the setting as you get into it and I guess this is spoiler I don't know we've been kind of talking spoilers already but yeah. this is all like early stuff or whatever. Yeah. Um, there was basically a so Revishal is what everyone keeps calling the capital of the world whatever the fuck that's supposed to mean. Yeah. And it has this long history of like there's a monarchy the monarchy was corrupt and then kind of. Uh, gave way, and then there's this a there's like basically a failed communist revolution that got stopped by a coalition of f foreign powers called the coalition, um, and they're like kind of led by this group called the Moral Intern, which they support moralism, which is basically this idea of like oh let's not rock the boat like yeah. status quo is God sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and they, they basically snuff out the revolution, kill the vast majority of the communists, um, which also leads to this interesting dynamic, and kind of, I think, kind of talks about what you're talking about when, like, your character's like, hey, I think I want to be the communist, your character's like, I'm the last communist in the fucking world. Yeah. It's like, when you get, what you kind of get introduced to is this idea that, like, all of the old people remember the failure of the revolution and are like, oh, communism is either a a bad thing, depending on how fascist they are, yeah. or they're like, oh, we tried it and it didn't work, let's not try again. And, like, all the people that are, like, super for it are the people who are way younger. Yeah. Or, like, yeah. scholars and stuff like that uh -huh. that are like, hey, like, they have a bigger picture and are like, we should try this out again. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and it... It does a lot with that, too, that's super interesting. Like, did you look at that statue of the exploding horse at yes. all? Yes, yes, I did. Uh... I love that, and that was the most convincing, like, wow, these people spend a lot of time on leftist Twitter yeah. like, thing <laughs> I've experienced from this game. Uh, basically, there's a statue in the center of town that is a, like, broken apart uh, man on a horse, and, like, it's being held together by, like, these wires, and it looks like it's... This very abstract, like, statue of a horseman just, like, falling apart. And what you learn is that originally there was a statue there like that that was just the traditional person riding a horse. And it was supposed to be a statue of this rich... Basically, it sounds like this rich young king who was just a massive asshole was addicted to cocaine. Yeah. And he... Like, he claimed that he was like, oh, I need cocaine because it makes me a better ruler. But he was actually just a coke addict. <laughs> Um, and was just terrible, frivolous spender, ruined the kingdom's economy, and when the revolution happened, it blew up because of artillery fire, and then afterwards, some university students, as part of an art exhibit, were like, wouldn't it be this cool, ironic art piece if we, like, made a, if, if we brought that back to the poorest part of the district and 
had this exploding statue thing, and it was like none of the actual people in the community thought it was funny. It was just a very painful, cruel reminder of the failed revu- yeah. revolution and the and the like all the pain that came beforehand and like what was meant as the sick dunk by like yeah. these neoliberal students was actually just like this massive fuck you in the face of the actual community of poor working class people. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this game gets it. I love it so much. Yeah. <laughs> This game is very relevant. It yeah, um like especially yeah, I, it, like there's so um, many rabbit holes like that to yeah, go down. Like oh god, like like I don't like like this game I feel like this game really is, it really is indicative of our of our times sort of of just like all of everything going on around us honestly. Like, yeah. it's, like, especially to, like, oh my god, like, okay, uh, slight, slight tangent, um, recently, was it, back at my old university that I attended, uh, there is currently the COLA strike going on, good old UCSC, um, for context, um, basically... This has been boiling for a couple of years now, but basically, uh, in the Santa Cruz area, living weight, like, the living cost of Santa Cruz is very high, and so, um, and the state of California, um, the universe, the University of California, I should say, um, has basically the same pay across all universities for, like, grad students. And so, basically, um, the COLA strike, which you've probably seen from either, uh, I think the biggest profile supporter is Bernie Sanders, of course. Um, Yeah. Yeah, you might have seen it. But basically, the COLA strike is grad students from UCSC striking for a higher living wage because it's really expensive to live in Santa Cruz and attend the university. So... Um, I just think it like stuff like that and like the labor stuff that this game talks about and even things like other games like Night in the Woods and stuff like that. There's a lot of like <laughs> labor is definitely on our minds. I I think. Um Yeah, and I I love how also too like it doesn't make things like it would be very clear for this game to take those ideas and then make them very like clear-cut like almost as if a good versus evil but then like it really takes the time to give all of these different yeah like it really spends the time to like really look at the different people supporting these factions and then go into like the pros and cons and like really delve into like character study why is what all these people are motivated by like yeah fucking measurehead is supporting the (laughs) labor union and you're like wait why are you with these people you look super fascist and he was like that's because the two people in front of this union, they're some of the good white people. And it's like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) You're one of the good ones. (laughs) It's just the most confusing, like, baffling, like, contradictory thing. But, like, people are contradictions, like, at their core, like, a lot. Yeah. You know, and then also, too, like, um, you, you can speak later with another character who is, like, a black monarchist or whatever, who, like, it's very clear that the monarchy was pretty shitty towards non-white people, but he was like, no, like, we had more order and stuff back then, and, like, the revolution failed, and look where it got us, now we're ruled over by this coalition of foreign powers, and we don't have a national identity, and 
that was important to me and all this other stuff yeah. and like it, it's obvious he's like a shitty like monarchist dude who like has a lot of really crappy ideas about the world but it, it's interesting how like it's not so black and white and then also too like even it is thoughtful about a lot of stuff like yeah. um did you talk to the racist lorry driver who i think literal his only name is racist lorry driver yes yes i have so the game just gives you a basic rundown of like the the phrase welcome to uh what's the name of it welcome again to the, revishal Welcome to Revishal, and basically that's a shitty thing that white people say to anyone who's non-white as, like, a, like, oh, you're not from around here, or you don't yeah. belong. Like, it is this racist dog whistle of, oh, you're, you're visiting, like, you don't belong here sort of thing. Yeah, and, and your partner calls that out, and he's like, oh, fuck you, like, yeah. I've been here longer than, like, probably longer than you have, like, I have so much family history going back here, and then the dude, of course, deflects with, oh, I was just saying welcome to the district, or whatever. Yeah, like, like it's, <laughs> this isn't offensive, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, it's it's so good with that stuff, and then also, too, like, just the, the tension at the start of the game is, like, you're a cop investigating a lynching of a mercenary dude who seems like a real piece of shit yeah. uh, by a labor union, and it's like... I mean, the labor union, like, deserves, like, you know, more support, and, like, these people are striking for a reason and all that, yeah. and, like, this tension of, like, I mean, they killed this guy who was being an asshole, and the more, did you, I don't know exactly how I learned this info, but if you look around enough, it really sounds like the, that killing may have happened because that dude sexually assaulted a woman? Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh, I, I don't think I So it's like, hmm, yeah. this is, this is... There's a very interesting picture being painted here, and I'm curious to see how the game squares all this or what options it gives you to uh, yeah. to keep going down. But um, oh, also, did you did you find the real cause of death for the body by chance? Uh, yes, yes, I did. Um, okay, it was okay. the bullet in the mouth or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was I, I felt I, I felt so good like yeah like, it's very rare for games to really give you that investigative feeling of oh you figured out what really happened yeah um and this game is so good with that yeah like like especially when it's like <laughs> when Kim is like hey you did a pretty good job <laughs> like like that's like <laughs> it's hard to come by considering Kim's usually pretty indifferent to you so it's like when you actually do it's like hell yeah um yeah. And I think this does the thing that I really love, uh, fucking take a shot, but this does the thing that I really love when Gundam is at its best, it does well, <laughs> where it's like, <laughs> the idea that actual genuine mo like movements for social progress can be co-opted by people who are definitely not progressives to be used to, like, yeah. exploit people's, like, desperation as, like, a shitty thing. Like the uh, Everett brothers who... <laughs> Uh, it's very interesting, I don't know if this is ever gonna pay off, but apparently there's these twin brothers, you meet one of them, yeah. and the only difference between them is one has a lazy eye, but apparently they just constantly swap each other's places when talking to people? Uh, uh -huh. It's very weird, but yeah, yeah. The, he's the leader of the union strike, and like, it's, it's clear that he believes in it partially, but also it's not going to stop him from taking advantage of the power he has over people and the fact that he has connections to the mob. He has, like, he's basically has this surveillance network all throughout the city and, like, uses that to, like, 
really get into people's private, like, breakthrough, like, and intrude on people's privacy in a way that's not great. Mm-hmm. Um, like, he he constantly is, like, giving you money and paying you off so that you do shit that's not, like, basically so you can be his henchman to, like, yeah. do shit that he couldn't get away with. Um, and there's even this point where, um, this is more of a third day thing, but when you can finally cross the bridge, he's like, oh, I want to build this community center. Mm-hmm that's going to cause a bunch of construction basically he wants to gentrify part of like we're all like yeah. the fishing huts and shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And luckily if you're smart about it, there is a way to there is a way to basically uh he he basically is like, oh I need you to go persuade these people, quote unquote, to get their signatures. And luckily there is a way to kind of like void the document and then send it out without him knowing that until it'll be too late. Yeah. So like luckily I was able to do that, but it's like, oh you you don't actually care about people or making their lives better. You're very picky and choosy about what you want. And, like, his thing is, like, like you can kind of push back on him. Like, this community center is just basically going to make everyone who's living there already, like, in poverty just, like, have nowhere to go. And he's like, yeah, but, I mean, it'll be nice for the other people, though, right? And it's like, no! Like, yeah! My guy! Uh, and it's... And I'm sure if you go more into, like, the um the other like factions like i i'm sure the more you if you want to go the route of being someone who is way more involved with like your police department and stuff like that like i'm sure there's a lot of like interesting stuff where they're like it seems like there's people that genuinely want the best for you and also the community but there's also other people that like i think kim even references like some some of the cops are like oh how many kills did you get today type shit yeah yeah really delving into that and i i just love all that messiness yeah yeah, it's all very it's all very nuanced. Yeah. And yeah. It's, again, it's, very very complex. Lot lots of things going on at once. <laughs> yeah, and I mean it would have been so easy for them to be like, oh, like the doc union is clearly like in the right here and it's like i mean i agree with the workers it's just like it's being led by a guy who very clearly just yeah. wants to make money off these people and i don't like that yeah it's it's yeah there's lots of conflicting things going on that's like it's very emotionally engaging or uh. yeah and like i don't fully get the i don't fully get the idea behind them yet but there's also like the there's like a more militant part of the doc union that yeah. it seems like they're the ones who probably did the killing i'm sure that's going to be i i have a feeling that's kind of a red airing or like a a starting place yeah. that like will become way more complex later as investigations for fictional murders and shit tend to do yeah. um cuz it just seems too obvious right now but like there there's kind of this thing where you talk to people about them and they're like yeah, I mean, they support the union, and I like them because of that, but, like, they're kind of, like, this weird, like, they, it almost feels like they want to be their own, like, homegrown militia that's a little sketchy, and, yeah. like, we try not to talk to them, and it's, like, even within, like, the union, there's, like, this, like, factionalization that's going on of, like, they're, like, okay, yeah, like, we're cool, we're all working together, but also those people are a little violent and rambunctious in a way that, like, maybe isn't violence against necessarily, like, you know, state violence or anything like that. It is mm. just those people want to have an excuse to go out and murder people. Yeah. It's like, that's not good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not great. Not great. I, mm, I, see, I wonder how, 
how finding the armor pieces are going to play into the game now that I have the boots. So yeah, <laughs> I'm... yeah, I still haven't found any of the armor pieces other than the boots. So yeah, yeah, and and also too like um, the it's it's interesting too because there's also there's a Counter Strike to the strike. That I you, I, did you look into that at all? Uh, I I did not. Um. So there's this guy in front of the strike where like because like there's basically this giant wall that the strike oh wait oh wait the off. guy the guy in front that's being really loud right? Yeah, yeah. he's the guy. He, he keeps shouting like we have a right to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like it's all these like scab labor yeah, people that are like no yeah. we we want to go in and get paid and it's just the most like pathetic thing and then you learn that the guy who keeps screaming that stuff he's not actually even a worker there he's a mercenary that was hired to like yeah. fight back against the union by the company and it's the sketchiest fucking thing yeah it's oh god yeah it gets it gets messy yeah no, I... and you can call him out on that and he basically tells you to fuck off he's yeah yeah like he kind of just ignores funny. you <laughs> yeah like oh god yeah it's yeah. This this game is something. Yeah, it it really is. Um, God. <laughs> yeah. No. Like. Uh. Uh. Yeah. I. Mm, I wish I had more to say, but like, man, like, there's just so much going on. <laughs> like, I. Yeah, I'm curious to see how like the scale of this game as it goes. Because yeah, like I I had the impression that the game would be bigger in terms of game Same. world scope, but it's actually in terms of, like, the playing area, like, it's fairly small actually. It's like, it's literally like a city district. Yeah. And, like, it gets gradually a little bigger as you go on, like, are you able to go through places you couldn't formally go through and stuff like that, but it feels like you're walking around a city, and um, it's interesting because as, like, where the plot's going now, it seems like the idea is that, like, okay, so, like, you're here to investigate this murder and what happened, but as you start to talk to people involved on, like, all sorts of different, I was about to say both sides of the issue, but, like, it's complex because yeah. it's, like, there are many sides because you're basically a cop that just wants to be, like, okay, we need to solve the murder because that's what cops do. Yeah. And then there's, like, the the shipping district people that are, like, Hey, that was a mercenary we hired who got murdered. We want you to figure that out. And yeah. then there's the dock union people that are like, well, yeah, like obviously someone from the dock union did it, but like it wasn't undeserved. And like, yeah. it basically, as you start to investigate more and more, what you learn is this idea is that, well, because there was this killing, there's going to be a retaliation from the corporations and the mercenaries they hire. And that's going to possibly escalate into a giant battle, and I'm curious to see if any of that will happen. Yeah. Um, because uh-huh. it seems to be like, oh, this is this is like the um, this is like the assassination that started off World War One type deal. Like this might uh-huh. be the inciting incident that leads to something way bigger. And I'm curious to see if the game plays with that at all, or if like avoiding that is the whole point of the thing. Yeah. Um. Because, like, one of the things that... Because one of the conversations I had with the, um... One of the strike people was, like... I mean, I agree with what you're doing, but also, like... Those people are gonna come with, like, automatic weapons, and, like, this whole... Like, everyone's going to die. Yeah. And it's, like... There are ways to do this that involve, like, fighting back for sure. 
but also we need to do it in a way that won't get everyone killed in the long run. And the dude's like, eh, I don't know, I mean, if we die for a purpose, like, we kind of solved the problem, right? It's like, no! No, we didn't solve the problem! Yeah. We're all gonna die! <laughs> <laughs> That's not how like, it works! <laughs> yeah, it's it's so interesting, I can't wait to see where all that goes. Um, yeah, god. Have you even found the map yet? I'm just curious, because I'm just... No! I'm, uh, okay. I don't know where the fuck the map is. I want to know where the map yeah, is. Yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm just looking at my inventory right now. I'm just like, man, never found the map. No, and it's... I hope that opens up fast travel, because I'm actually starting to get to a point where it's like, okay, side quests want me to go completely from one end of the game world so far to the other, and it's starting to get a little annoying to walk there. Yeah. Luckily, time only... Time doesn't pass when you're walking around. It only passes when you are engaging in dialogue options. Yeah, which... Which is yeah, nice. thank God for that. Like... <laughs> yeah. Because cl it's clear that, like, moving around isn't part... Or at least isn't, like, part of that like time game loop so no and it, it feels really immersive because like you know you'll spend like five to ten minutes talking to someone and for your deeper conversation you'll maybe spend like 30 and stuff like that yeah. and because you're just walking around this like city essentially like a city block and like the area around it yeah. it feels a lot like oh hey like this is actual a pretty real progression of the time and how long all of this would take and all that yeah uh, it's very immersive in that way and um yeah you can you can safe scum this pretty easy too, and uh, I I find as the days go by the time management's becoming more interesting just because I have so much shit to do. But th it was like the only time I really safe scummed to check was I needed to get something out of a box with a like not not the um yeah. like the like crowbar you get, but there's like another like opening device thing you get from someone later. And <laughs> here here's a little tip actually. Um, so you can. Basically, like, you could do drugs of various types, and it'll give you, like, a like an hour-long stat bonus, like, in-game time. Yeah. Something else you can do, though, is your different skills, or, like, little skill personalities that you have, mm -hmm. like, like pain resistance, endurance, and all that stuff, are tied to those attributes. Uh-huh. So you can only level them up a certain amount of times based off what that attribute number is. But if you temporarily buff one of those attributes, so, like, I drank a thing of, like, uh, like I, I don't know, I, I drank some vodka or something and it raised my, my physique by one point. Mm -hmm. I was then able for that hour to level up my physical interaction with, like, tools and stuff uh -huh. past the point I normally would have been allowed to, and then when that buff ended, I still kept that point. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So so you can kind of break the gap of your traditional limits in that way by, like, smoking or doing a bunch of other stuff, which is cool. Yeah. Um. So I was able to do that and then use the buff I, like, I was basically able to level up something I wasn't able to and then also exploit the buff I had so that I could open a very tough container I normally wouldn't be able to. <laughs> and it felt very good to game the system that way. Yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I I will say, for a game that doesn't have combat, I appreciate that there's still a lot of, like, uh, items and equipment that you can just put on. Like, oh yeah, just put on the shirts. Gives you a little stat boost, you know? Like, and you get, yeah. you get to customize your character a little, which is nice. Um, uh, shoutouts... <laughs> okay, so shoutouts to the... <laughs> oh god. Um, so, <laughs> at some point, like... During, like, getting the ledger from, like, the dumpster, you can also get, like, a cup. Did you get the cup? I got the cup. <laughs> that cup! 
cuff is oh god. That's a bad cuff. That's a bad cuff, but like oh god like it it is it is kind of a funny bit to have your character like going around to like the racist characters going around and like showing them the cuff like hey hey you you see this cuff? That's you. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like Well well also did did you break into the fascist apartment yet? Uh no, I've not. There there's a point where basically the union wants you to basically the guy just asks you like, Hey, I want you to fuck with this fascist dude, just like open up his apartment door and like uh-huh. basically just let him know like, hey, we have keys to your place or whatever. Yeah. But I was like me, so I'm like, I'm gonna go see what the fuck this has the fascist dude has in his apartment. And there's like a row of mugs, and you can be like, Hey Kim, that racist mug we found in the trash. Do you think that this is the guy who had the mug originally? And Kim's like, No, there's just a lot of racists around here, dude. It's very funny. Yeah. Um. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Like. All, all of this is pretty bad, but pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's, um... And I, I think the game runs a pretty good line where, like, yeah. it's clear this stuff is in there, but also it doesn't, like... It does a good job of yeah. not trying to expose you to too much, or when it does, it is so clearly a pastiche that, like, it falls into, like... Yeah this parody realm of, like, oh, this game is clearly against this and making fun yeah, of like, this. Yeah, like, I think what helps is, like, uh, Kim himself, like, him as your partner sort of sets, like, a baseline as to, like, what the game sort of leans towards. Like, if you do something that Kim disapproves of, then generally you can say, oh, maybe that's not such a good idea. Um, yeah, well, even, like, um... Something I noticed and I appreciated is that the game in the text, whenever there's, like, a fictional slur, because, like, yeah. uh, this is clearly not our world, like, this is a, this is a, yeah, like, not even, like, an alternate history, like, this is a fantasy world. Yeah, like, um, like there's clear parallels to, like, real world cultures and stuff like that, but it's all named differently, like, Kip. Yeah, like, no no race and ethnicity yeah. has, like, a one-to-one parallel. Yeah, like, um, Kim, Kim, for example, Kim is from, I think, it's called Seoul, which, I mean, not to be confused with the Korean uh, city, or South Korean city, Seoul, but, um, uh, yeah, it's very ambiguous as to, like, which place, or even if it's, like, a one-to-one correspondence with any one particular place, but... Yeah. Um, it, it's clear that it's sort of stand-in for, like, uh, East Asia. Oh. Mm-hmm. And I, I noticed that when the game would ever use, like, a slur against, like, a one of the fictional, like, ethnicities, it would be, like, fully written out. But then as soon as, like... Yeah. Like the the kid throwing box at like throwing rocks at the body or whatever will call you like the like actual real yeah, the, like f slur yeah. against homophobic like you know yeah. the homophobic like slur or whatever and they censor that out and I'm like I I like that as a creative choice yeah. to be like anything that's actually like insensitive and like has reflections and ramifications in the real world they won't expose the player to but yeah. anything that's like oh, this is clearly, like, within the setting, stuff like that, they're, they're more like, okay, yeah, like, this is, like, I, I can't remember, but, like, the fucking Measurehead says something about, like, oh, yes, oh, this race is only good for farming potatoes and stuff like yeah. that, and, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's so fucking dumb that, like, I get why they'd include that in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, anything that's, like, 
or even it describes like, oh, this is like a racist image. It'll be blurred out. Like you, you won't see it. Yeah. Which I'm like, I like that as a creative idea. Yeah. I don't think you need to show that to the players for them to get the Absolutely. point. Yeah, yeah, it's good about that stuff. I agree. Yeah. No. It's good. I don't have too much else more to say other than I um, I like the game a lot so far, and I can't wait to see yeah. where yeah, the hell no, this story same. goes. Like, again, there's just so much. I, I know I keep saying this, but like, it's really like packed and condensed in a way that like is makes for a very engaging reading experience. That again, like, is very um. I think it's very accessible, honestly. Like, in terms of like how it's presented and like, like it, like it does a really good job of having so much of this complexity, but still being pretty easy to understand. Um, yeah, I think it does. My the greatest praise I can give it is I think it does. The thing I absolutely love about well-written role-playing games where mm. you'll go snowballing down some weird, like, kind of niche journey of some kind, in my case, figuring out what the fuck is going on with these kids in a tent and how they relate to a failed game studio programmer. Yeah, um, yeah. That then eventually leads to this weird supernatural adventure that has me questioning the origin of religion in this world. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, it'll, it just, it encourages you to, like, spend the time going down those rabbit holes and learn more about the setting and figure shit out as you go. And it's made even more complex by the fact that it is so internalized, too. And, like, you have these 24 different personality aspects that are constantly giving you advice and sometimes it's bad advice yeah. or sometimes yeah it's... like that's what i appreciate is sometimes like when you succeed at a shit you get bad advice <laughs> like yeah well there was a time where um i think like one of the three fascist points i gained in this game compared to my like 30 something communist points yeah i got when i was questioning a suspect and mm-hmm. one of my like more like cop personality attributes was like you got him right now like get him to the breaking point he'll crack like a fucking fractured egg or something like that and i was like hell yeah and i i exploited that and i got the information i wanted but like i can oop my bottle fell uh but i got because i'm a baby i'm baby but um no like i could tell i got the information i want but like i think i kind of like, it was a very clear overstepping of my cop boundaries, yeah. and I was being a shitty fascist cop dude in that moment and exploiting my authority I have over citizens, yeah. and I can tell that dude does not like me as much as he did before we started talking, and I'm curious to see, because there's other side quests involving, like, the lorry drivers that I probably need to talk to him through, and I don't think he's going to be enthusiastic about talking to me again, so. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's good yeah i hope that i i am very curious to see whatever the fuck the studio does next uh um uh, i i know they said what they were working on x somewhere in an interview but like i think i think they wanted i uh was it the writer wanted to take this system and put it more into like combat scenarios because as we mentioned like there's not a lot of combats in this game um, even if it's yeah. a dialogue, so I think that's one thing they wanted to expand on. So, um, that would be fun. That would be good. Um, I really want to do a playthrough where you just knock Musherhead the fuck out and see what happens. 
Oh, yo, it's great. It's great. Like, the first time I failed it, and you just get, like... <laughs> he Basically, you try to punch Measure Head, and he just catches your punch and twists your arm. <laughs> and you basically have to, like, ad- like succumb to him and say, like, Oh, I am the lesser race, you know? Um, <laughs> and, okay, so if you failed that twice, then you take morale damage. The first time is, like, it's fine if you admit to it, but the second time is, like, oh, you start taking actual damage. But, like, if you... So if you failed that first check, then you can go talk to the loud guy down at the bottom of the stairs, like, hey, so, uh, how can I beat Measurehead, you know? And, like, um, I think he tells you like oh go go try fail again and see you know so i just i i think i got something to like just heal up my morale and just did that again and so if you go back to him he tells you something i forget what he tells you but like then you get like a little bit of insight as to how to knock the fuck this guy out so yeah. if you so if you try it again and succeed then your character does a fucking like spin kick and kicks him in the head and he just knocks him out immediately it's really good that's very good yeah i wonder what happens then if you fail if you do that and then fail the body check and you need measure head to get it down for you. What the fuck happened? Because he'll probably not be there. Yeah, huh? Like, I think he gets back up still, but it's still like that's that's oh, okay. that's awkward though. Yeah, like, hey, that's very awkward. <laughs> like, I I just kicked your head the other day. Um, but we we need your help. Uh, you know, water on their bridge. God. I'm also curious to see if this game ends up having other party members, because, like, the window where Kim is looks a lot like there's space for, like, a third person there, maybe? Yeah, I mean, like, do you know about the wheelchair lady and her development history? No. So basically, um, it was... The cryptozoologist's wife, Yeah. Yeah, so basically she, um, during development, she was planned to be as another party member, but... During development, like, they, as they were building, like, the world and, like, maps and stuff, um, the design ended up as to being, like, very, very inaccessible to uh, yeah. someone in a wheelchair. So they actually lampshade this or reference this during, like, there's a choice that you can say of, like, hey, like, you want to come join us in reference to this? And she'll be like, oh, like, I don't know, like, I'd probably just get in the way, you know, the city's not built well for people, like, in wheelchairs, you know, the the, the disabled, and it's like, oh, damn. That's a bummer, but, you know. Yeah, this place sucks. I don't know (laughs) if we got that across. Yeah, it's really not a great place nowadays you you basically have joy say like oh it is a very important part of the capitalist logistics of this world where it's a very important port that all of these different foreign powers want control of which is why they stifled that communist revolution they're like this can't happen and they've basically left it a lawless wasteland and even the police force you work for everyone's underpaid and it's not even really yeah it's not it's not even yeah it's weird (laughs) yeah like it's so fun, and you, because, like, you have authority, but also you kind of don't, like, you have yeah. the backing of the foreign powers that are in charge of the place, but at the same time, there's no, like, centralized government to, like, 
really back you up if you get into a bind and like your authority can be questioned it's uh yeah it's good i'm i'm just so happy because like i especially feel like i know this game has been in development for a while now or whatever and like mm. the fact that it came out when it did is like kind of a happy coincidence but also like yeah as we have more and more of these cultural discussions or whatever about like the merits of like implementing more socialist policy like especially in the united states but i mean even mm. across the world like rises like the rise in nationalism has become a concerning trend in places you know throughout europe and just everywhere it's a rough time um i'm just so happy that we have this game that's like willing to like more so than i think a lot of writers in the genre want to like press with political stuff like we're we're not only talking about like you know socialism as like a valid ideology from like a pro-social like very clearly a pro-socialism writer but also just like really delving into like what happens if we try and it fails and like i think that's like such a nice advanced step that like moves us beyond where we've been kind of where we would be stuck even because like honestly even before this like i don't i can't think of any other games that are like hey let's talk about socialism as an ideology you know it's Uh like I like I like not only just like the fact that this game goes there, but it's also it takes the next step of like, okay, let's talk about this warts and all. Let's talk about like proper ways to implement this in a way that doesn't get people hurt, that doesn't end up getting exploited by capitalists and socialist clothing, mm-hmm. uh, that pushes beyond neoliberal lies and is just this, you know, it is this proper interrogation of this as like an idea and uh, just like the merits of it. And it makes me so happy that it exists for that reason alone. Yeah. It is, it is so nuanced and like, it's thoughtful about like, yes, like these ideologies are just like ideas. The actual people who implement them, may vary they might be good they might be bad actors you know like i think it's like especially as we mentioned before like it's been a really long while since we've had like game writing this like nuance compared to like some bigger games out there that are narrative driven that are just like swing one way or the other on certain issues that's like like oh like uh yeah yeah i i think especially too like after um i think especially after games like night in the woods kentucky route zero which i still haven't really gotten around to and i really have been meaning Mm -hmm. to and like this it's like yeah I I think it's great because there's this because I I think in like we both obviously come from <laughs> I hope this doesn't come as a surprise to anyone listening at this point we both obviously come from very leftist backgrounds yeah. on like where we spend time on the internet and all that and our, where our personal beliefs lie uh-huh. but like I I think there's been this pushback in our circle especially of like mm-hmm. games that kind of take the for lack of a better term like woke aesthetic or like the like yeah ooh-woo, like, type, like... Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But is really shallow about it, and I I think, like, games like Night in the Woods, this, and from what I've heard of Kentucky Road Zero, it's like, we are seeing more of a push from people that are like, no, let's actually talk about these things, and the way that they intersect with people's lives, and making sure that we're doing, Mm -hmm. like, 
making sure that we're making the right pushes at the right times and in ways that don't get people hurt. And yeah. I am so happy that we're finally at that level of detail and like we've moved past the like, hey, let's 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 move past the 101 like elementary yeah. theory talk and like actually talk about how this works with people's lives and the pushes that we need like yeah. the the material good that we need to be doing to make sure that people are you know having their lives improved and stuff like that in a way that i i'm just happy we're finally there yeah i agree i 100 percent agree and hey you know what like disco elysium may have been made by estonian game developers but as the good old director of parasite uh bon, bon says um was <laughs> we all live under the same country and that is capitalism honestly yeah it's um <laughs> I'm very excited going into, like, this is a 2019 game, obviously, but, like, looking back on the 2010s as, like, a cultural thing, like, you know, like, you got the, like, I don't know, like, you know, every decade's kind of defined by a lot of its pop culture for, like, people in critical circles like us or whatever, like, the 90s are, like, either associated with, like, weird edgy shit like Spawn or, like, (laughs) this, like, goofy sitcom belief that, like, oh, America's great, everything's fine, and then 9-11 happened and we're like, oh, whoops. And then, Yikes. like, two, like, 2000s is, like, Batman and, like, the war on terror and this idiotic patriotism and, you know, this everything is brown and gritty and terrible type shit. And the 2010s are this weird thing to me that, obviously, we need to get more distance away before I think we really yeah. settle on it. But it's, like, I associate, like, 2000 to, like... They're like 2010 to 2005 with like pop culture, like everyone's crunk, good vibes, rise of social media, internet shit or whatever. And then like 2015 to 2020 is, oh no, we fucked up. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely a wake up call. And going into, yeah, just a massive splash in the face water of we did not make as much progress as I think a lot of people thought we did. And we were very complacent and very unaware of the actual harm being done to a lot of people in the world yeah um and i think the 2020s going into it it is so interesting to me just on all fronts of like both from video games to like literature that's popular right now to just i mean what what's being discussed in politics to even film obviously like obviously parasite is the film to talk about right now it's like yeah just this massive massive fucking backlash against like the capitalist reality we live in it's so clear that people are so fucking fed up and like even people that maybe don't have as much like i i think like we're seeing more and more even the people who maybe aren't as like socially in tune as we are in terms of like intersectionality and like really making sure you know being anti-racism and stuff like that i think we're even starting to see people who are like from different sides of the political aisle as us being like yeah man my life sucks and it's because of capitalism like we are definitely seeing a lot of i think universal quote-unquote truths being questioned by people Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. uh i can't wait to see what this decade has in store for like um you know yeah this sort of thing and hey maybe it turns out like disco elysium maybe we try some shit and it like fucks up but i mean like that's no excuse to stop trying like i don't yeah. know just yeah we always got to demand better and like i think this I, the one thing i will praise this game to high hell for is i think it gets that is it's mm-hmm. like you're not gonna knock shit out on the first try but just like the idea that the world's a shitty place and that there are things worth fighting for and like there's always a way to you know try to make the best out of a situation whether that's like helping things on a very small personal scale or like 
trying to convince people with way more power than you like hey like this is this is my situation this is how i see the world and we got to do something to make yeah. it so that people can fucking eat and feed their kids and yeah. <laughs> have places to live that aren't checked. yeah and i definitely think it's rough out there yeah and definitely like i think definitely the most important thing to take away is also the fact that like hey yeah like Again, the main character is kind of shitty. Like, not all of the um, beliefs or political alignments are necessarily perfect. You know, like oh, like, it, it, they your character has a lot of very fucked up views about a lot of things. Oh like, yeah, absolutely. There is no way to talk to wheelchair lady without being like, "Oh, it was with the wheelchair," and it's like, "Fuck off." Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah like there's all that, and like again, like. Your character's perception of communism little a little weird, a little aggressive, you know, but like you know at the end of the day, like, hey, like <laughs> it may not be perfect, but we gotta start somewhere, even if it's yeah. a little rough, so and also like even like um your character, it's very clear like um like it it Seems very obvious he went through some sort of breakup or divorce. Oh, yeah. And mm -hmm. it very, very much is clear that he was definitely the asshole in that situation with a lot of, like, yep. oh, this dude really sounds like a sexist. And, like, part of the plot with the amnesia is, like, your character can be, like, this doesn't excuse anything I did, but at least the amnesia is kind of, a re like, a motivating reason to be, like, oh, I can try being a better person now. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting. Yeah, definitely. This, this game is a lot of things. Like I feel like I feel like the message of the game at the end. It's gonna be really interesting how it'll like end up depending on how you play the character. Cause I can definitely see it being like a ton of different types of stories depending on if your character chooses to like quote-unquote redeem himself or not you know like yeah like i i'm so curious what this game looks like if you decide to be like a drug-riddled nationalist like fascist asshole because yeah. i and like i even i feel like i've seen like headlines and stuff that are like oh if you play disco elysium as a fascist you're gonna be in for a rough time like good sort of thing or whatever yeah. and i like i'm curious to see how that character falls apart as the murder investigation happens yeah. and just like is being faced with the fact that, like, this, like, sense of nationalist pride is bullshit and, like, everything about, like, the world is falling apart and people are dying out on the streets and being a racist asshole is not gonna get you anywhere. Yeah. Um, like, even, like, how the fuck, like, I wonder if you decide to play the character as a racist asshole, like, what the fuck is your interactions with Kim like? Um, I don't know, but it probably, probably not good. It's, it's probably a rough time. Probably not good. And I am, like, I... I'm I, I bet like he's probably not gonna be as willing to work with you and stuff and like yeah. help you out when you fuck up like like I mean like I think we both are writing a character where when we fuck up Kim's kind of like ah, but like he's willing to like kind of be there for you in your yeah. worst hour and I I bet maybe he's if you play more of an asshole I'm sure he's a lot more like oh like I'm here to I have to work with this piece of shit because I need to get a job done, sort of thing. Yeah. But I don't like this dude. Yeah. Um, Which you know, that that playthrough would be pretty hard for me because I I do like I do like Mr. Kim. So 
Yeah, I do too. I do not want to play this. Like, I'm curious. I, I'm curious to looking up those options later, but I do not want to spend the amount of hours role played as a fascist. In yeah, this game. I I do not have the heart for it, and I uh, you know I, I get enough uh, I get enough questionable shit just by existing in the world right now because yeah. there's a lot of dumbasses out here. Fucking I, Fang, did you see that thing I retweeted earlier where like it was like oh here's like the um. There's like five purple states and uh-huh. uh, the like what they have to say if they had to vote between Sanders and Trump uh-huh. and it, like four out of the five were all like pro Sanders and then Wisconsin was tied equally sit between Sanders and <laughs> fucking Trump and I was like really Wisconsin do we do we gotta really we're not we're better than this I thought I wish yeah you hope <sighs> yeah. Yeah, not much to say to that. Can we can we end this podcast by saying Bernie twenty twenty by Bernie twenty twenty? Cola for all. Uh, honestly, uh, oh hey, okay. We I was about to I was about to say let's end this with emails, and I thought we only had one, but actually, Derry they uh, they emailed in. So, Hell yeah. Uh, let's start with uh, Vess, who uh, they say hello. I'm installing Disco Elysium as I type this, so I don't have much to ask about the gameplay so far. I've heard this game uh, be praised for its complex writing and even more specifically its complex vocabulary. Do you think that's an overall positive thing or are there parts that it could be simplified to make the game more accessible to those with reading difficulties or people who aren't fluent in English? Mm. Um, PSI was the one person who emailed you and Anton me about Soccer Wars but forgot to sign my last email. My bad. It's all good. It's all good. Um, uh, so... I think... So, like, I definitely get this, but also I feel like... The fact that it was not written by, like, native English speakers, I think, makes me, like, I- I'm happy this game is at the, like, literacy level that it's at. Yeah, like... In terms of complexity. Like, if it wasn't originally written in English, then the localiz- <laughs> the localization, or if there was a localization, is fantastic. <laughs> I, I don't know, because I, I, I'm fairly certain the main novelist person who was the main writer on this game, I think they're, I'm assuming they're bilingual, I from mm. what I've seen, yeah, yeah. it seems like that's the case. If not, they, you know. Um, but yeah, the, the, the game definitely is very, you know, great use of the English language. And I'm, I, honestly, like, I think my thing is... I understand the appeal of being a little more broadly accessible and a little less lit- literary for that, but at the same time, I feel like there are so few games at this level in particular that I wouldn't want to sacrifice that too. Yeah, I mean, that being said, um, as I mentioned earlier, like this game has very great UX and how it actually presents text that even if it gets like a little dense sometimes, the way that both how it's presented and the... I think the diction that it uses is also fairly like other than like the proper nouns like it's very like uh what is it i i don't know if down to earth is the way that i would put it but like it's a very like lay it's put in layman's terms most of the time i'd say it's i'd say it's as accessible as it can be for where it's at and the ideas and what like what the pros wants to explore, I think it's at an appropriate scale. Yeah. Um, I also, like, uh, this goes back to kind of what I was saying about, like, I feel a lot of parallels with Pillars of Eternity. The parts where I found myself getting lost are trying to wrap my head around the world building, and I think that's just an inherent part of a lot of computer RPGs at this yeah. point, is, like, 
you're going to get a lot of world building stuff thrown at you and you're just going to need going to need to accept that it's going to be gibberish for a while until you can really start to piece it together. Yeah. And that can take a few hours and you're just going to need to kind of role play as your character and be like I don't know what the fuck is happening or what any of this means, but yeah. you'll slowly start to piece it together. Yeah. Which is uh which is good. Yeah. And, I, and again, like I think this game is fairly good in easing someone like me, for example, who has never even really played a CRPG before into, like, just getting into the experience. Like, even if you don't quite understand exactly the context of everything that's going on, like, it's still, you have clear goals of, like, oh, gotta get the body down, you know? So I think, like, in terms of that, like, again, very accessible, like, clearly communicated, so... I don't know. It's is is a good re-experience overall. So yeah, and for my experience too, the most <laughs> honestly the the most difficult part of getting into any computer RPG from my experience is getting into their like combat systems, especially the ones that are real time with pause. Yeah. So um, the fact that this game doesn't really have a separate system for that is um, yeah, it it makes it a good one to start with. Like, I'm gonna be real with you. I've I beat Pillars of Eternity. I loved it to death. I still don't think I really got the combat system by the time <laughs> I beat that game. Uh, I barely made it through by the skin of my teeth on that final boss of that game yeah. because I I just feel like I like I have character classes and I know some of these guys are supposed to be in kind of like a kind of a little bit of ways some of these people need to be located here so they can buff and some people need to be like drawing aggro but like beyond that like i barely felt like i had a grasp of what the fuck i was supposed to be doing <laughs> strategy wise yeah, yeah. and like i just didn't have to worry about that with this game because it's all skill based dialogue based like mm. very simple to understand stuff yeah absolutely Whew. yeah um thanks Vess. um <laughs> and then Derry writes in to say, messaging real quick on lunch break. I haven't gotten a lot of time in with Disco Elysium. Last thing I remember doing is that kid with the Irish accent during the detective to shoot the rope hanging in the dead body and then failing even though it's a motionless target owned. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's a cool game. Uh, Fang, as a local game development luminary, what lessons do you think game devs can learn from Disco Elysium? Ooh, good question. Um, so, um, first of all, um, uh, again, there... There's a fantastic video on Game UX that the developers gave on. I think, I think it's the Gamespot YouTube channel. Uh, I, I forget. Um, you, you probably you'll you'll probably link in like the description or something, right, Rosin? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, this game has very very excellent um user experience design, which um is referenced from social media and Twitter specifically. So the way that the the dialogue is displayed is presented in chunks just like tweets. And so um basically I think like if you watch that and see like the various parallels that you can take away from like Disco Elysium with other things like Twitter or like the desktop user experience like there's a lot of like good um features or ways of structuring things that i think you can really like really it's all about noticing when you use an app or a website or something just try to notice like little things that um, help make it either a good or bad experience using them, and 
taking those into a different context. Um, there's, like, I think this game really does do a good job of presenting text because of how it's um, presented in a way that, again, like, most players who who are in 2020, like, they've seen Twitter, they've used a computer before, so it makes sense to wire the game in a way that is accustomed to that sort of player. Um, aside from that, um, <clears throat> I guess, um, I'm trying to think, what other things can you glean from Disco Elysium? Um, one thing that, uh, one thing to know about Disco Elysium, it's made in Unity. And that's, and the reason why I know that is because it actually uses a dialogue system that you can get off of the Unity Asset Store. Um, it's a really great dialogue system. I've bought it for my own RPG. Um, <laughs> that I don't know what to really say about that other than like, hey, Unity is pretty good, actually. Like, there's. But it shows up in front of the logo shows up in front of all the bad Steam games I get from ninety nine cents. Yeah, like Saga Scarlet Grace. <laughs> all 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 the bad all the bad things made Unity. Because I know what an engine is. Yeah. Programming. <laughs> Video games. Video games, yeah. But, yeah, no, don't don't be afraid to take advantage of the Unity Asset Store if you're using Unity. If you're using Unreal, then I can't help you there. But, like, there really is a great deal of resources out there that can just help you do what you want to do. Because I'm pretty, like, I'm, like, uh, what's it? Like, this game is obviously very... It's very art and dialogue-driven, and that probably took up most of, like, the five years of development. So, like, it probably helped a lot to just have, like, out of the box, a full dialogue system that can accommodate, like, all of the text that's in the game and does a fairly good job at it. So... But haven't you seen the videos where they remake Sonic and Unreal Engine and it looks beautiful? Sega, hire that guy. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh. You're gonna need Poopy Engine, Unreal Engine, the good one, where all the expert gamers make the the, the YouTube videos for. I know what video game design is. Yeah. <laughs> you sure do, little Johnny. You sure do. Follow my Patreon at Yandere Simulator. Okay, no. <sighs> Uh, I think he's making that in Unity, actually, so that joke doesn't <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That guy has a lot more problems than yeah. than anything relating to whatever engine of choice. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, aside from that, like, I don't know. Like, this, this game does a lot of things good. It does... It gives a lot of character to all of the text, so maybe that is something to keep in mind to have an engaging game. Uh, otherwise, o- the only real other thing I can gleam is, hey, it takes a long time to make a narrative game. Five years is not... Uh, what's the, it, yeah. It's not a good... Not, I don't want to say not a good amount of time. It's more like... That, that is a commitment right there. So, definitely, definitely if you're trying to make a narrative game... Uh, well, Kentucky Route Zero took, like, Yeah, years, it took right? ten years, yeah. I mean, that one's episodic, to be fair, but I mean... Yeah, like, but still, like, you would... These things. Like, you would think, like, a game that doesn't have, like, a lot of, like, complex, like combat systems and whatnot would be like easy to make but 
in my experience and seeing like these games, like narrative games take a surprisingly long time to make, depending on the scope of the narrative. Like, there's just so many instances that you have to worry about that just doesn't come up if you were just doing like a pure combat system. Like, I've had a lot of like discussions or like debates about like certain like enemy encounters for example because of how it's presented in the story like oh like we like we haven't introduced so and so yet or we like this is kind of weird with the pacing and like if you have a game that's just like a combat system you can just make content like and it doesn't really matter as long as like the game experience is good so like uh, I I feel like that's kind of negative advice towards like narrative games, but it's really more like uh, just be mindful of your resources when setting out to make a grand story. Because I feel like I feel like Disco Elysium is like kind of an exception to like a bunch of other indie games that are either like in development hell or just like not coming out because they're trying to make like a grand JRPG story. <laughs> like it's, it's you gotta yeah, got a scope. But I will say, uh <laughs> one positive thing I will say about the scope of Disco Elysium is it does it is a good thing that this game doesn't have a combat system and just went all in on the dialogue. I think that part is well scoped. And the Actual, yeah, yeah and the actual size of the map too, which is being like, it's not very large and expanse like an open world, but it's very packed and condensed. Well, so it'd just be kind of dumb. If, <laughs> yeah, like, it's like, oh, five rats crawled out of the sewerway, and we have to fight them on this curve, and it's like that. That, that no, that doesn't work with this game. Yeah, Get the fuck out of here. That. Okay, but God. You gotta admit, though, like, if Kim Kitsuragi took out, like, a crowbar and started whacking some rats on the street, <laughs> yeah, that'd, be very dope. that'd be dope. Yeah. But, yeah, no, like, not much else to say about that. Um, thanks for the question, Derry. Um, appreciate it. They got two more as part of their email. Uh-huh. Uh, what were your favorite per- or favored personality traits? Uh, I like conceptualization a lot because it lets you really go into the weird supernatural bullshit of the... This game has, like... Okay, I need to break this down. This game has a world religion that I think is called humanism. Uh-huh. And it seems it seems like the gimmick of humanism is that it's the... It's one of the core, like, it's kind of that opiate of the masses idea that, like, Marx talks about or whatever. It's like, um, you know, it, it's supposed to be non-offensive and dumb and keep uphold the status quo. So, like, I think its main slogan is, like, life after death, death after life. It's something really <laughs> dumb and generic yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that. I and, thought you were gonna read off, like, a fate quote when saying that. No. It's it's <laughs> it's so goofy and like nonsensical, and I think even um when you're ta- when you're investigating it in a church with Kim, he says something like, "Oh yeah, we we used to use that as our quote, but then you know separation of church and state, we we didn't want to do that anymore because you know it it made us less approachable to people. So then we decided to go for another slogan, and your main character's like, "What's the slogan?" And he's is Kim's like, "Justice, peace." prosperity or something <laughs> like equally as like boring and bland and like n- just nothing yeah. um 
It's so funny. But no, so so there's the conceptual like conceptualization lets you learn more about like bigger ideas in the world like that. So like there's like humanism as a religion, there's the supranatural and the paranatural, which I think are just the same thing. And then there's this weird thing called the pale that I don't understand, but I think relates to ghosts somehow. <laughs> Did you talk to the pale driver at all? Uh, I don't remember. Maybe? It's this old woman who seems to have a Dr. Manhattan-esque thing uh-huh. going on where she constantly seems to be living in the past, perception-wise, uh-huh. and I don't understand what the fuck is happening. Interesting. <laughs> and Kim's like, let's not talk to her, so I don't fucking know. Mm. Not, um, yeah, I've not encountered her, huh? That's... Yeah, so I'm I'm a big fan of conceptualization. There's a few others I like a lot. Yeah. Um, I think anything involving I, like your character's motor skills are good. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Inland Empire, which is the David oh, the good da- too. the David Lynch skill, <laughs> solely because because of that I was able to talk to the corpse and have like yeah, a long yeah. conversation. <laughs> yeah, I did that too. Like. Inland Empire is basically fucking, like, your fucking Cooper from Twin Peaks. Yeah. But also, I love because this game reframes it as, like, sometimes it's just actually your character hallucinating shit, yeah. and it's not helpful at all. But also, other times you experience real-ass paranormal phenomena that gets you, yeah, like, information like that's vital to the case. It, yeah, like, it's not, like, it's very ambiguous as to, like, oh, am I just making things up, or am I actually experiencing the supernatural <laughs> like yeah it's so it's a fun it's so funny. yeah it's a fun one i like that one a lot um uh and then also last question they ask is do you wish there were more there was more disco music in the game um i uh i don't know i i got the disco elysium title drop in a side quest and it was the most not expected place for the title to drop yeah. and i don't know if that's gonna be the joke as oh this game is based off after this thing that really is nonsensical, but yeah. we'll see. <laughs> I I feel like it's a bold choice to have a game called Disco Elysium and not have a lot of disco. Like I like I don't know. I I I don't know how I feel about that to be honest. Like But your character definitely talks about disco a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like it would be it would be weird if like not one disco song at least plays at like a pivotal moment, you know. Like that would be weird, but also I would also be fine with it, considering like disco's in this game is kind of like a relic of the past, sort of. So like yeah. it seems like something that most people kind of moved on from. But also, I I don't understand yet if the implication's supposed to be that also disco was a genre popular with the communist revolution Mm, yeah i think that might be what they're going for and like rock is supposed to be i think what the thing is is that all the kids now are into this weird like Mm. abstract like pseudo like electronic music Mm. um your generation or like the ones that were really deep into the revolution were like um well actually no because the revolution was way before your character even but like i think disco might be a thing that was popular with the revolution or with communists and i think that rock is supposed to be like the neoliberal sorry ultra liberal like cool but actually is just a distraction from like actually not engaging with actual issues like long term it's so interesting how it all intersects um it's 
Honestly, I don't know how I feel about the soundtrack so far. It's just kind of yeah, there. Yeah, it's kind of there. I mean, it's nice. It's nice, easy listening. Um, yeah, it's it's inoffensive, but it's not something I'd ever, like, go on to listen to in my own time, which is yeah. fine. You know, it only it only needs to serve the game and its purposes, yeah. but... Yeah, that said, yeah. people might feel differently, you know, so... I'm, nice guitars, I will say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Darius says, love you guys in the podcast. Love you too, Darius. Yeah. Shout out to Marks and Angles. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> love me near on the podcast. Uh, Same. My favorite new character is Marks and Angles. Yeah, they, definitely <laughs> fictional. Uh, Not real at all. <laughs> did you... Were you able to sing karaoke yet? No, I've not. <laughs> I have not been evil to either, and I'm very curious to see if our main character will sing a disco song. Well, let, let's hope. Let's hope for the best. <laughs> I I will trust you. There will be a point where the Disco Elysium title comes up, and it's very good. And it's like, wow, this has nothing to do with anything at all. I thought that was going to be important. <laughs> I don't think it is. It's very good. It's very dumb. <laughs> Uh, I hope a cryptid shows up at some point. I hope the fact that they point out that uh, the main character looks like a stand-in for the fictional Karl Marx in this game's universe is a legitimate plot point. <laughs> oh shit, maybe I, I shaved off my mutton chops. God damn it, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Oh, you can do that. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, there's a. If you look in the mirror and you have enough points in one of your stats, uh, you can be like, "Do you want to be brave enough to try shaving off the mutton chops?" And you can be like, "Yeah," and I did it successfully. Damn. And uh, <laughs> and when when you talk to Kim about it after, you'd be like, "Hey, Kim, I shaved off my mutton chops. Aren't you proud of me?" And Kim's like, "I, your face is so fucked up that I think you actually looked a little bit better with <laughs> like with it yeah. with the hair covering your." Like weird drunken stupor wounds and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's funny. Uh, shout out to socialism, Bernie twenty twenty. Hell yeah, this game is great. If you're if you're a strapping young leftist, you should play this one. Yeah, and even if you're not, apparently play this one in the GG. Yeah. <laughs> uh, games are good sometimes. Yeah, honestly, like this is a treat. I'm. Sometimes games just sneak up on you, and this is definitely one of yeah. them. This is this is a good yeah. time. One of the rare times where the game awards were correct. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> um, I I'm very curious to see where this game goes, and uh, and uh, just uh, I don't know if I'm gonna replay this one just because of time, but like looking up and seeing all the different variations and all the cool shit in this yeah. game because there's just so like I, honestly, if you're a person who just you love choice in games and like seeing how different narrative systems can interact with each other based off of your input. Yeah. This is such a this, this is a must yeah, play for this you. This is textbook for game narrative. If you want to make a game narrative driven game, <laughs> that yeah, was that sure. was a word salad. <laughs> uh. Whew. Well, yeah, I think we uh, said all we need to say here, so uh, see ya, and uh, have a good yeah, one. Yeah, do the disco. Goodbye. <laughs>